Welcome to Intro to X. This podcast is out there. I am FBI Director Robin, and I'm joined by my special agents, Tammy, Brad, and we also have a guest with us. Uh, his, he may be a caretaker, he may be a killer, or he may just be Bob. Hi. <laughs> Bob! I, I am continually offended by Bob being red shirts on all these programs. <laughs> They are compelling villains, actually. So, <laughs> <laughs> you get that. Bob's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll get to our bonus episode covering Cocoon 2 The Return later. Oh! Uh, but <laughs> for now, uh, the oh. X file we're opening today is season one, episode 20 Darkness Falls. We're going to see who can cover the plot summary in 60 seconds or less. Oh, it's me! Yay! Wow, awesome. <laughs> All right, guys... Robin, and you will be going in three, two, one, go. Okay, so, like, these uh, bugs are in the woods, and um, they are they, 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 they kill some loggers uh, or chase them to the woods, and um, the Mulder and Scully are called up there to investigate with a uh, forest ranger. And uh, some dude from the logging company, a security guy. And uh, so they, they look around. They find evidence of uh, some, uh, some Freddies being there. <laughs> and uh, they're like, hey, drop dead, Freddies. Um, just getting that one out. Um, and <laughs> there's some problems. They get kind of stuck in a, a cabin. Um, and... They can't get out of the woods because, you know, it goes dark. The The bugs will eat them. And uh, then the the bugs uh, actually eat them, but they live. Uh, the end. <laughs> A rocky 56 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm better with notes. <laughs> and Claire, I actually have written on my notes here. We have to check in with you. What's on the menu screen this week? Oh, well, Robin, um, the... There was a... Well, it was kind of ruined because on the main screen of this DVD was a load of bugs, so I knew there was going to be an episode with bugs. But on the screen for this particular episode, it was the fingers coming out of the white fluffy cocoon. And I wrote in my notes that this episode is either going to be about spiders or it's going to be set on the planet Hoth and Mulder and Scully are fighting a wampa. Because that's what <laughs> it looked like. <laughs> like Mulder's like hiding inside one and that's the fingers. Mulder cuts open Scully and hides his oh body God. in it to keep warm. <laughs> <laughs> With a lightsaber. Yikes. <laughs> it's quite a dark ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is written by your favorite writer, Chris Carter, um, creator of The X-Files, and uh, directed by uh, now his second directorial effort, um, Joe... Napolitano and uh, the last one he directed was The Jersey Devil and he (laughs) this is his last gig on the (laughs) X-Files this is his second chance second chance second and last chance (laughs) there's some drums I'll cover it later Um, so you get all the inside tips here on Intro to X Um, I hope they're not like the um, the drums we heard about in uh, Miracle Man with uh, Scott what's his name yeah, there was no, uh, there was no, 
underage sex involved in these drums. So. It's good. <laughs> far, far less rapey drums. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the director of this one and Jersey Devil just likes running around in the woods. Yeah. He directs, yeah? I guess. See, I was like, I wonder if uh, it was the same director for Ice because I got a lot of ice off this episode. Mm. Yeah. Like the episode Ice. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so we start off in the uh, Olympic National Forest, and um, it's almost the annual uh, Lumberjack 5K is about to start. And <laughs> no, uh, these guys, uh, Perkins and Dyer, are in. Please, uh, please, can I say, I'm sorry. I watched this scene about four times because the acting was hilarious to me, <laughs> particularly from um, Dyer. Yeah. Where is that his name? Because his acting yeah. was dire, but it was just like, <laughs> let's face it, this thing could kill us all. And I was like, oh my word! It was it was just hilarious. <laughs> what is I his accent? I enjoyed it so much. I don't know. He's don't like know. a but weird. I loved it, and I loved this just this really bad delivery, and then they all just like run off into the woods, and I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. So, spoilers, this was my favorite bit of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a sickly John Ham. <laughs> with like, uh, with like a French guy doing an American accent by way of Russia. <laughs> well, I'm da- sad he didn't come back later in the episode. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. Perkins and Dyer are just arguing about what they're going to do. They're stranded in the forest. Um, Dyer says they should run for it, so they all do. We have this great shot of all these lumberjacks <laughs> running for <through laughs> the <laughs> different directions. Yeah. <laughs> I like they don't have any idea where they're going. Apparently, uh, night falls and it turns out that Dyer and Perkins are in some Dyer Perkins dances. Uh, oh. oh, wow! <laughs> I think you get a slow clap for that one, Robin. Thank you. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> we have some distant humming and it goes louder and louder. We look up. And we see those uh, those bugs for the first time. What'd you guys think? Pixel cloud. Ah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was at some point in this episode that I either came to the realization I remember watching this episode, oh, yeah? or I have seen a movie that is completely ripped off of this, <laughs> and I don't know which is true. Hmm. I have is, no memory of this episode from. Is this episode on one of your videotapes you had? No, no, we've watched all of those already, and I remembered none of them. <laughs> I didn't remember this episode, but you know, Insect Fear is a classic. I'm sure there have been tons of them done in TV and movies. But it was yeah. something about the the whole the insects with like in the darkness. I, I guess I've just seen this episode and remember it. It's kind of like uh, Pitch Black kind of ripped it off with the whole. <laughs> You know, uh-huh. they need, need some light to keep the alien creatures away. Uh, yeah, true. Can we also just go ahead and throw this out there? Easy solution to the episode? Build a fire. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I mean, I was debating whether to bring it up now or later. But <laughs> Get some torches. It's It seems like a very simple solution. Yeah. I think well, one of the issues... <laughs> Where would they find wood in the yeah. lumber place? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think one of my issues with this, as soon as we're sort of talking about the, issue, the episode as a whole, I was going to say, and Tammy can kind of back me up or not on this. 
<laughs> but as soon as they sort of revealed that it was insects, which was pretty early on, I was kind of like, oh, because they've done like, you know, like Bob was saying, insect fear they've used it in a lot of different things. Yeah. And this kind of reminded me of an episode of Supernatural called Bugs, which is widely thought to be one of the worst episodes, I think, yeah, of Supernatural. <laughs> but the problem is, is, and spoilers for Bugs, so if you haven't seen that masterpiece, then leave the room now for about a minute but at the end you know it's it's just like the insects just go away they don't actually defeat them because that's the problem when it's like a big swarm of insects you can't defeat them so i knew that there was going to be no dramatic ending because you can't by the fact that they are insects if that makes sense well if they- you know it's either going to be that they just go away or they manage to get out of the place where the insects are you can't defeat them you're not going to see that so i was a bit like oh well, they may, you know, you could have like said, "Hey, they they're constrained to this one big hive that they built, and send you know Mulder and Scully in to set it on fire or whatever." Yeah, but they sort of went all over the place. The insects, yeah. so we knew that wouldn't happen. So yeah, I was already a bit like, <laughs> and also I don't I, find I love scary. This so <laughs> this episode, this was the first scary episode. No, there was one <laughs> scary shot, and we'll get to that later. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're at, in uh, D.C., and we're at the basement office, and Mulder's doing the slideshow presentation. <laughs> and Yeah, I, he does that a lot. How about yeah, the effect does. of him, you know, like, talking about the lumberjack, showing the picture of the lumberjacks, and then hitting the next slide? There's no slide, and he says, they <laughs> yeah. vanished. No, no, no. Back up. What is with yeah, the whole, they're, they're men in the full bloom of their manhood? No, the exact line was, they're rugged, manly men in their full bloom of manhood. What? <laughs> Are you coming out, Mulder? Is this what's happening? Seriously. Um, there's some reports of some eco terrorists, uh, monkey wrenchers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it, like, I love that and hate it at the same time because it's the most awesome name for a group ever. <laughs> But there's no way I take them seriously being called monkey wrenchers that are causing general mischief. Mm. <laughs> um, so they sent some officials in and there's, they haven't had any word from them. Communications cut off. Lumber company called the feds. And apparently this happened way back in 1934 as well. So Scully immediately suspects Bigfoot. <laughs> I think it's a joke. <laughs> Mulder says, let's take a nice trip to the forest. Um, so, uh, I've got a question. So yeah. when they say that the monkey wrenchers drive spikes into trees, what, what do they mean by that? Cause I didn't they understand. Like how drive would that spikes in the trees, but how would that stop them cutting down the tree? Cause wouldn't that damage the tree? They want to save the trees, don't they? Isn't it damage the tools they were using to cut it down? Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Cool. Thank you. Um, so Mulder and Scully meet Larry Moore, a federal forest ranger, um, played by Jason Behe. He'll be back. And, um, yeah, eco-terrorists, uh, call them Freddy's. <laughs> and actually one, one of them took a shot at him. And then we meet, uh, Matt Humphreys. I mean, Steve Humphreys, uh, <laughs> head of security. For the lumber company. And on the drive up, uh, we find out that the lumber company has to drive further north because of the tree huggers. <laughs> and um, the truck ends up getting two flat tires because of these uh, caltrops. 
charge. But they know that the people put out the caltrip, so why didn't he have a spare tire? I don't know. Also, why don't they have more means of communication? And also, <laughs> if you're going to investigate people that have gone missing and your car is damaged, how about not walking into an ambush? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Mulder actually took Scully for a hike through the dark woods to go after, to go find an Amish cult too. So, <laughs> with no <That's> backup. <laughs> um, so we see the camp looked uh, uh, as quickly abandoned as the Amish that were taken away by the alien ships. Is there a link? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder finds slime and a bag of weed. <laughs> and, uh... Is there a reason he doesn't mention finding slime? Uh, no. I don't think... I, I I don't know. He's just kind of like... It's like a, We're investigating, and I keep finding the slime on everything. Yeah. Alright. Could have been worth mentioning. Maybe put that on the microscope. Um, the radio is destroyed, cars, the trucks, radiators full of rice, uh, sun is about to go down, so we gotta get the generator running, and Scully says it's definitely not Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) He's not big on rice and gas tanks. Flannel that choked out even for Bigfoot. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it in my notes that it's nice that we have another episode that's set mainly outside, because we mentioned that last week. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we were a bit tired of it, it being offices. I can't remember who said that, but it's quite cool that there's yeah. another episode outside. And, and uh, yeah. th- this is... Um, this... I don't like it outside. <laughs> <laughs> In general like or it. on the X-Files? <laughs> Ever. Both. <laughs> I think... What, what did I say last week? I said, stay out of nature. It will try to kill you. <laughs> yep. I like that there's... Often on the X-Files, there's some kind of obstruction government bureaucrat getting in their way and this time they really stepped it up a notch they have the guy being a gun-toting nazi and i love him wandering around upside thinking that outside thinking that his gun is going to be useful against like six billion insects <laughs> yeah oh also um um uh, jason behe the um the sh- sheriff whatever forest guy yeah uh he was the lead in a little film called monkey shines <laughs> One of the greatest films ever made. Yep. Awesome. I've got so much on him to talk about awesome. later. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds ominous. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> what did you do? Um, so, yeah, the they Larry, Mulder, and Scully hike around, and they actually find this huge cocoon, at which point I'd be like, all right, it's time to go. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. But instead, they hoist little Scully up there, and... She sees some fingers sticking out, and Claire goes, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." There's, I was a bit sad there wasn't going to be a, a Wumper and yeah. a lightsaber fight. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of disturbing that there's this big cocoon thing, but I think much more disturbing is Mulder's fucking haircut. <laughs> <laughs> he I looks like a child. <laughs> really bad. I didn't notice. Oh. <laughs> I thought Scully's hair looked a bit bad this episode, but then I was like, well, she is out, you know, yeah, outside. 
this production was pretty troubled too as well i'll, oh, I'll really? get into that later it should but just the the fa- the the conditions were terrible in filming it i mean i mentioned it in shapes as well as they, they filmed these around the same time and um you know they're they were kind of far away from the makeup trailers and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Larry and Scully open up this cocoon and they find a, uh, body. All the fluids are drained out of it. This reminded me of the thing, which a lot of stuff mm. does. Cause I love that film, <laughs> but yeah. it's, um, when they opened up like the body and found, um, the dead guy inside. Hmm. Maybe that's why I got an, a kind of ice vibe from it as well. Um, Steve works on the Jenny, and uh, he gets the creeping willies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he grabs his gun, and hears a noise coming from inside the cabin. And then we find out it's actually Jacob's cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so you've just confirmed that that's Titus Welliver, right? Yeah. Because I couldn't tell, like, sometimes he really looked like him and sometimes he didn't, and I didn't want to IMDb it. Yeah, it's him. Oh, cool. Who I know, I know, he's not Jacob, but it's a joke. <laughs> I'm so downtrodden. I was kind of uh, surprised I IMDb'd him, and it turns out he was only in three episodes of Lost, and I just kind of figured he was a more, I mean, he's definitely in a prominent role, but I figured he was in more loss than that. But um, Also in Deadwood, I mean, he's just been doing work steady all the way since like the 80s. And now is actually be, seems more recognizable than earlier. I don't know. I mean, was, a film was... I saw recently, like Argo maybe? Yep. He, he was, was in, in like Argo. a big, oh cool. I was, I was thinking he was in a big, you know, film that I'd seen yep. recently. Nice. He looks like younger Werner Herzog to me in this. <laughs> <laughs> He's rocking an awesome tash. Yeah. yeah. Sam Elliott would be proud of that tash. <laughs> uh, Mulder gets Steve to drop his gun and Doug grabs a, ca- a gas can to get the Jenny working and he tells us darkness is our enemy. He saw them come out of the sky and take a man right out of his off his feet and devour him alive. Gross. <laughs> Um, turns out Doug is actually part of that eco-terrorist group um, and his truck battery died and he hiked up there um, to, I don't know, get gas or something um, Doug and yeah, he's gonna steal, he was going to steal all their gas Yeah. so uh, what's the breakdown here? so uh, they monkey wrenched <laughs> the lumberjacks um and by the lumberjacks, I mean the four lumberjacks that were apparently staying in this cabin. <laughs> I don't know where the rest of them were. Um, and so then they get trapped because their does their jeep break down? What happens? I think the yeah the jeep broke down. And so they're gonna fix. Does he mean break down or ran out of gas? I, I have a feeling it was ran out of gas because he took gas. When... Right. So he just steals. He's coming. He gets their gas. I don't. Why are they? Why are they? This no, none of it makes sense. <laughs> they I must work out why he hadn't escaped the forest by now. Because yeah. I know they say it's a long. He says he's been there for three days, mm-hmm. and I know they say it's like a long journey. But like, couldn't he 
like hike down to the car or where his car was left or whatever and then stay in there during the night so he wouldn't get attacked by the bugs and then hide. I mean, surely he would make it far enough away from the insects. Well, the, yeah, but the, even the cars are not safe. I mean, I would right. not be staying in my car because yeah. they're attacking <laughs> you in the car. How do right. you get three days to get from the jeep to this random cabin? Maybe you got lost. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do make a point of saying that, like, it's too far to walk from the cabin to either the jeep or to civilization or to, I guess, wherever the hell the other lumberjacks were staying. I don't. I was really confused. Yeah, by this. I, I got it. I got to admit, I was a little confused by the whole transportation bit. How far away they are, and and it's definitely not safe in the in the car because Humphreys got killed in the car. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Yeah. All right. Steve's company is uh, cutting down marked trees. You know, Doug and Steve are arguing about who's actually breaking the law here, and. Um, the uh, bugs, he says the bugs are afraid of light. Steve scoffs at the whole bug story. It's all a hoax. And he's going to prove that he's right. So he starts step, he steps outside and just starts inviting death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, I've just looked at my notes and I had a note from earlier about Steve. Did, he, did I hear right? And he compared eco-terrorists to draft dodgers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because that didn't make any sense. Okay. Well, because I think um, the idea is he's the worst dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean he is the worst. I mean, first of all, I'm like I've I can never I've never been more pro eco terrorist in my life. Yeah. This guy. I'm definitely pro draft dodgers because fuck that shit. Right. Um, but I mean, as far as eco terrorism, I don't know because we got the whole. I it's a lot of that's a lot of effort to destroy things. I'm not down with people. These fucking uh, douchebag loggers destroying all the trees and whatnot. But uh, yeah, eco terrorism is an extra level. <laughs> yeah. Um, we do see some green bugs sitting on the other side of a tree, just waiting. And um, it's like the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder says they should probably sleep with the lights on. Um, the next day, Doug shows them this gigantic uh, Douglas fir that was chopped down. And... Dale Cooper would cry at that. <laughs> <laughs> Hawk would cry Bastards, at that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't marked for uh, the lumber company to chop down, but it was chopped down anyway. And uh, in the stump, we see a circle of green. And yeah. Larry goes to take a core sample. Steve wants Doug arrested. Mulder thinks he's innocent. Um, so Steve decides to hike down to get someone else to arrest Doug, I think. <laughs> yeah, so, is, so is this the one tree that had these insects in them? I, I think that's what they... That's certainly how it seems. Pointed to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll come back to that. We'll circle around to that one. All right, all right. Um, so back at the cabin, Larry is, uh, studying the core sample, because lumberjacks have lots of microscopes there. Um, Stoli is desperately trying to hide her pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's wearing the biggest shirt I've ever seen. <laughs> That's like all the denim in North America. In <laughs> um, so 
yeah, they they find hundreds of microscopic little bugs in the the sample, and um, it does make sense them parasites wouldn't be this deep into a tree. It's all dead wood, you know. So, um, Doug says when the tree was cut down, that's when his partner Teague disappeared. But maybe they woke up hungry. Mm. Mm. So uh, Steve finds the truck, but apparently forgot the keys. Moron. Uh, <laughs> as uh, night falls, he tries to hotwire it. He hears a noise, and uh, the bugs come down. He gets in the truck and gets it going, but first he gets it stuck, then he rams it into a boulder and pins himself inside. <laughs> just having no luck at all. He's an idiot. And rather He's than, the worst dude. Rather than try to escape through the other door, he just sits there and lets them eat them up. Eat them up. <laughs> it's like, ha! He's having kind of a scully problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't get out. And at some point, he morphs into Vincent Price, because when they find his dead body later, he really looks like Vincent Price. <laughs> Couldn't have happened Which to was a nicer my... guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my second favorite moment of the episode, was him up against the window, like... <laughs> Love that. Uh, we get a little quick shot of Mulder finding some more slime. Uh, Why did he turn the light on? He knows the whole story that these things, like... He knows that it's a light. That if, <laughs> I don't understand. You, ha- you have the knowledge. Yeah. Um, so they uh. come up with the whole theory here that bugs are in the core sample. They're, that they were dormant because of the light. Um, and because abnormal rings are a sign of climactic change... Mulder thinks that maybe a volcanic eruption might have uh, somehow irradiated some bugs, perhaps, and got them stuck inside a tree, I guess, to, because of the <laughs> lava. Yeah. And we, he starts talking about Mount St. Helens and some radiation uh, mutated amoeba at the Spirit Lake that could suck a man's brains out. Is that true? I was hoping somebody else would research this. Maybe it'll be in the feedback. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's like we're like one step from Spider-Man. Yeah. I typed into Google "suck a man's brains out." I just did not get anything good that came back. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. So let's see. Where was I? Oh. So, it, yeah, basically these, these bugs were dormant until the loggers chopped down the tree. Doug says it's poetic justice. Your buddy Steve probably got the same treatment. And maybe even us. Sweet dreams. And that, the- yeah, that was my third favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> that was just was like so, ice, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was so like ice. Sweet dreams, fuckers. <laughs> And well, then, guess we're all fucked. <laughs> and then he wanders into a dark room, which made me yeah. go, what? <laughs> <laughs> Love that so much. All right. Radiation started released that affected <laughs> the insects and single-cell amoebas. But... <sighs> Okay, it's, it's I can a mutated hear your amoeba. brain just exploding. <laughs> <laughs> it's mutated amoeba that got into insect larvae in a tree. The tree continues to grow around them. What did they survive? What are they? No, they 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 said that this is. Uh, they were talking about how at Spirit Lake, this was 
uh, mutated amoeba by radi- radiation mutated amoeba, but it, bugs are built differently. And they're, they said maybe this is just extinct insect larva. So it actually wasn't, it was the radiation, the, the lava radiation that trapped them in the tree, but not caused their... How are they alive? <laughs> what are they eating? <laughs> they, clearly they, they have to swarm like... humans to... to, to... <laughs> Didn't it say the tree drew them up through its roots or something? Or drew was that drew the radiation up through its roots? Maybe it drew moisture up through its roots that it could survive on. Yeah. Oh, true. Oh, Each yeah. insect eggs thousands, maybe billions of years old, lying dormant until those loggers cut down the tree. Okay, so they're just, the eggs are in the tree, and apparently because they're magically radiated, they're going to survive for hundreds of years. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, well. It's right. Stanley logic. And you're questioning this, Brad? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I feel like I would have been more okay with like them being space bugs trapped in a tree. <laughs> That's next episode. <laughs> but again, it's another one of those things. Like it, it's another thing that remi- reminds you of ice. I mean, it's, they they had the worms that were in the core sample of the ice and the they drilled down into the where they shouldn't have drilled and they brought out these exactly. ancient who wrote ice did chris carter write ice as well i'm not sure but ice makes a little more sense because they're frozen they're not living in a dead tree <laughs> just waiting it's true um all trees right. aren't solid they're porous you can why yeah. couldn't they get out <laughs> well um it's morning and Doug sneaks to the Jenny to steal some gas. And oh, I'm saying Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Uh, Mulder pulls his gun on him. And Doug says, we all need to be, you know, to I, I need to get my friends. We'll come back for you. Trust me. <laughs> what? It was Mulder's so crazy. Like, I've seen Lost. I don't trust you, man in black. <laughs> and since the decision couldn't possibly affect anybody else, Mulder goes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he really... Mulder gets his just desserts and how yeah. pissed off Scully is at him. Because you're just like, well, why don't... Why don't one of you, like Mulder or Scully, go with him? You know, somebody who is armed. Yeah. <laughs> and, you yep. Know, and also, why not check how much gas you have versus how much he's taking? Right. Or maybe all of you go. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I mean, clearly, he doesn't believe in live together, die alone, so Doug takes off. <laughs> yeah, if all of you go, you don't have to waste time coming back to the cabin. You can just make your escape from there once the Jeep is ready. Right. Oh, it's true. Mulder gets the radio going, uh, but however, it's it's sort of half-fixed because he can send messages out, but he can't hear anything that comes back. If he had only checked their location before he did the transmission, they might have actually got the transmission out with their location. But because Scully is faffing around trying to find the map <laughs> so she can tell Mulder the location, they don't tell anyone their location. Right. Yeah. Like. Uh, again, why don't they have more radios with them? <laughs> uh, I wish I could say more stuff, but I can't. This would be spoiler Spoilery. Um, so uh, I'm just saying they might be better prepared next time. <laughs> uh, so uh, Larry turns off the generator and uh, we find out about the missing gas and 
Larry can't believe Mulder let him go. And generators running out of gas. Um, and sending out a transmission isn't worth wasting that gas. Uh, I think it might be kind of worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it takes, like, maybe a minute or two to send out a transmission. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't really think that's going to make a huge difference, <laughs> considering night is more than a few minutes. And I'm sorry, we see them later that night, and nobody's sending out transmissions over and over and over again like they should. Particularly when Larry says the generator's going to run out about 2 in the morning. Yeah. I mean, if it runs out at one fifty eight, is that going to make a difference? Mm-hmm. And also, if it's going to run out at 2 in the morning, why are Mulder and Scully not having we're going to die sex? <laughs> uh, <laughs> also, why aren't they just Mulder surrounding the cabin? Mulder would be able to find her under that giant shirt. <laughs> <laughs> True. Damaged also, why goods. Aren't they just, why aren't they just surrounding the cabin with, with torches? Yeah. Exactly. A fire. Fire, everyone. Fire thing is really confusing. Maybe even just blaze up that weed. You know, get that sparked. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so we have a Mulder moping scene, and Scully completely reams him out. Uh, so as Mulder's standing in front of... Uh, you see the cabin wall with all the light pouring through it. He says, it's time to start boarding the place up. I'm like, really? You're going to like completely reconstruct the inside of yeah. that cabin? There is absolutely, I mean, you it, like a mouse can get through a hole that's like a centimeter by a centimeter, like a tiny thing. These insects are microscopic. There yeah. is no way you can keep them out. Yeah, I refuse to believe they have brought that much plastic and duct tape with them. They didn't bring a radio. Right. <laughs> Um, but they brought microscopes. Um, yeah. So uh, where are the other? Where again? Where are the rest of these lumberjacks sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> there was like thirty of them. Uh, Scully uh, changes the bulb, and we find out that it's the last one. And <gasps> later that night, they all sit wide awake, and Scully sees the bugs in a dark corner of the cabin. And then as she gets closer, they crawl on her and she freaks out. And we find out that these bugs are actually all over them. Terrifying. Uh, I'll admit, that was the one scary shot of it, I thought, where she sees the bugs coming through the thing. And I thought, oh, fair enough. And then, like, her hand is in the shadow and you see that she's covered in bugs. Yeah. So I was like, whoa! That was... Oh, that was the fucking worst. And even if, even to up the tension, she almost destroys the light when she freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> Understandably. Um, but, yeah. I love that, but like Mulder's like, yeah, we already know. It's like like they figured out a while ago they just didn't want to tell her. Because <laughs> it's so fucking gross. Yeah, that's what the slime oh, is. Oh, God, it's awful. The light keeps them from swarming. They're <sighs> already on us. Um, later, Skelly theorizes that the reason why the bugs cocoon their prey is to oxidize their enzymes. Moira, yeah. what, explain. <laughs> <laughs> what? I guess to drain water or oxygen or... <laughs> I don't know. Oxidize our enzymes. Mm. Our enzymes? What the fuck? <laughs> 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 Somebody explain chemistry to me. Um, Somebody explain chemistry to Chris Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Mulder is not giving up on Doug Spinney. He will be back. He has to be. Um, so the generator sputters out 
It's really dark in that cabin, but <laughs> as we see, as soon as they go outside, it's midday. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mulder suggests they bring a flat tire down to, or bring a tire down to Larry's truck to patch it up. Um, so they roll this tire. Why, did, why didn't this happen earlier? <laughs> <laughs> when they realized they were going to run out of power at 2 a.m., why wasn't, you know what, we better try to patch up that truck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. Now let's devote all energy to uh, patching up the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, we're at Larry's truck and they find Steve Humphrey's dead body frozen in fear. Awesome. <laughs> Hilarious. I loved it. Um, Doug pulls up in his Jeep. Turns out his friends didn't make it or he killed them all. Um, <laughs> Is there a reason they didn't bring two tires? <laughs> that's true. They got two flat tires. So, yeah. Well, maybe mm-hmm. that's the key. Like maybe they, he did come up with just one tire and they needed just one more tire because he didn't bother changing it when there's, cause there's two of them. Yeah. So. Okay. It's all making sense, Chris Carter. <laughs> I would just bring all the tires, just in case. <laughs> um, so they haul ass down the mountain uh, as night starts I, falling. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. Where where were their flashlights? Because, like, don't Mulder and Scully take flashlights everywhere, so why didn't they this use those? The, what, uh, they you know. They also usually take phones and radios everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. This was a very badly planned trip to the woods. <laughs> really? Their, their back- backpacks were just filled with marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> sunflower seeds. Condoms. And condoms. Sunflower seeds, marsh- marshmallows, and condoms. <laughs> Scully's entire backpack was taken up by that shirt. <laughs> There's no more room. <laughs> and, and yards and yards of dinner. <laughs> and prenatal vitamins. Um... <laughs> So uh, we get a bit of poetic justice here, Doug, as he uh, runs over some cow traps. And Doug goes out and standing in front of the headlights. Yeah. <laughs> he gets yeah. attacked by the bugs. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, Larry tries to go out to save him, but Mulder tells him to get back in the Jeep. Because, you know, he doesn't believe in Doug anymore. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> no, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course. Hey, you'll last at least five minutes later inside the Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly the bugs come into the Jeep and Mulder and Scully and Larry start swatting like hell. Anytime there was swatting acting in this episode, it was so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It just really amused me. Um, and I don't know, uh, apparently. And then they oh, die. So, so when, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so when they bugs like cocoon people, they don't kill them. Cause I would have thought, like, wouldn't they kill them and then cocoon them? Yeah. Like, I mean, what happened to Steve don't. Humphreys? The same thing. But yeah. well, I get well. Apparently, it cocoons them, and then within the cocoon, I guess it starts oxidizing their enzymes, as it were. <laughs> um, and I guess Mulder and Scully got lucky because 
I guess the people found them in their cocoons just in time to <laughs> stop the oxidation of their enzymes. There wasn't a clear enough timeline of how this cocooning and I mean, obviously they're running on limited. This is the but... greatest, the greatest ending to any X Files episode. Yeah, though. definitely. This like, was amazing. Oh, so great. You mean the what? the when they get cocooned or the whole bio, uh, well, biohazard suits? The biohazard suits. Yeah, guys. We, men in biohazard I li- suits. I like that. There's um, head bandage logic. That head bandages fix anything. <laughs> Even if like I was like, why have they got bandages on their heads? Like they've suffered a head injury. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I love that in films where it's just like, oh, we're just going to put a little head bandage on you, no matter what the injury is. <laughs> Your enzymes were all oxidized. Here, have the yeah. head bandage. <laughs> that will make you feel better. So those biohazard suits were not completely sealed up, if you noticed. <laughs> like, they had, like, rubber gloves and their wrists were exposed, and then... <laughs> <laughs> what I didn't understand was that, did they send the men out in the helicopters in biohazard suits? And if they did, how did they know from the, you know, three words Mulder was able to tell them over the transmission? I thought maybe it was Doug that put out... I think Mulder did say uh, something about biohazard. Okay. Or some kind of quarantine or something. Yeah, he did say that over the... So maybe that started the search. So we're taken to a high containment facility in Winthrop, Washington. And we have a maze of plastic tents and... uh, in it are the survivors. The doctors are attending to them. And Mulder's up. He's walking around with oxygen. And <laughs> he he stands over Scully and feels bad. I mean. As he should. <laughs> um, so the scientist says that the government is pretty much going to burn the place down. Pour pesticides all over it. Just- um, I, I get the idea, but those things had spread miles. It they said that you couldn't walk far enough in a day to get away from these insects. Right. How, how big an area did they fucking napalm? <laughs> I don't Washington. know, but I mean, Steve said in the beginning of the episode how they uh, they pretty much had to drive really far. It's got to be like up. at <laughs> least like I would say fifteen miles at least covering. So they're gonna have to like wipe out a thirty mile radius. <laughs> At the absolute least. Well, hopefully they don't use radiation. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Then they come back and they come back for your enzymes <laughs> and more. Your <laughs> reboflavins. Your precious bodily fluids. <laughs> so yeah, Mulder says, what if it's not enough? And the scientist guy says, ominously, that is not an option, Mr. Mulder. <laughs> Yeah, he was apparently the same acting school as the the first couple log men at the beginning of the episode. I thought he was maybe a robot or something. <laughs> Logs is chill. And then I thought, chill, yo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought for a second it was you because he he made that comment. Scully isn't out of the woods yet. <laughs> it's like, oh god, there's something Robin would say. I didn't even pick up. On I didn't that. pick up on that either. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna edit that in. <laughs> this time, they, oddly enough, didn't do the, you know, these creepy things survived and are coming back ending that they often do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll be back. Hmm. 
Uh, so lots well, to, to, like, cause, sorry, okay. because if they're all over the people, then they must have got inside them. So they could. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they could crawl up places. <laughs> they're like like the crabs or something. Or? Yeah. Uh. Um, so Chris Carter was inspired to write this episode based on his interest in dendrochronology, um, analyzing annual growth rings found in tree species that are not in the tropics. He believed that trees are thousands of years old, might be actually ending up as, uh, time capsules and shed light on past events. And, uh, he also credits this episode's ominous ending with his experience growing up in the area era Following the Watergate scandal, having spent his life coming to mistrust the government profoundly. <laughs> um, this, just this episode? <laughs> no, I guess that's just the whole the way it ends. Um, this episode, even though Chris Carter didn't plan it on being a big environmental episode, it did earn an environmental media award for its treatment of illegal logging. And... Uh, Let's see, meant to be a bottle episode, uh, but bad weather, plague production. It was one of the toughest episodes for the crew for the season. Um, the atmosphere among many of the crew had grown quite tense towards the end of the shooting schedule, which culminated in a heated argument between the director and uh, first assistant director, Vladimir Stefov, um, after which uh, Napolitano would not appear on location again. <laughs> He actually just left. Um, of course, it's his last episode that he directed as a result. Yes. <laughs> the weather delayed production at the site so much that pickup shots and inserts had to be filmed at a later date to finish the episode. Delays also caused the in, uh, caused by the inaccessibility of the location as only generators, camera equipment, and first aid crew were only able to stay on site and time was wasted commuting staff each way. The one thing that helped lighten the mood on set was the camaraderie between David Duchovny and his best friend, Ranger Larry Moore, Jason Bay. Hmm. Um, apparently, they've been friends since uh, private school. They, they went to private school together, collegiate school in New York City. Um, they were friends also. He was friends with uh, JFK Jr., and uh, Zach Galligan, who was uh, Billy and Gremlins. <laughs> they were all buds. <laughs> wow. There's uh, a quote from Jason. He says, in ninth grade, I met this kid, my best friend. He came to my class and I said, you and I are going to be friends. That's David Duchovny, my best friend. Um, <laughs> they, they even stayed in touch after high school. They attended bar together. And you all may now begin a grudge against Jason because if it were not for him, David Duchovny would not pursue work in acting. <laughs> he planned on writing and becoming a professor, but halfway through his PhD dissertation, um, he convinced him to audition for television commercials. And uh, right around that time that Darkness Falls aired, uh, Jason started taking an acting class taught by a Scientologist named Milton Casulas. And decided to start taking some classes in Scientology. Oh, no. He's given a book from which he was introduced to the idea that technology developed by L. Ron Hubbard could yield super, superhuman abilities. Wow. 
I thought it was something that was going to deliver miracles and it was the most selfless group of people that were totally dedicated to helping mankind and I wanted to be a part of it. He says and <laughs> he started Hello. appearing in promotional videos and <laughs> even the head of the Church of Scientology David Miscavige uh, referred to him as the poster boy for Scientology. And let's see. He achieved OT4 status, operating Thetan, which oh. is uh, being able to control um, uh, or operate thought, life, matter, energy, space, and time, <laughs> whether you have a body or not. He also became a uh, trained auditor, pretty much what, uh, if you've seen The Master, what uh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman does to Joaquin Phoenix, the whole sitting the subject down and asking the series oh. of questions, processing. Is Duchovny a Scientologist? He, uh, I'll continue here. I'm um, sorry. Okay. Um, can, can we, uh, sorry, can we just back up because yeah. my microphone's been out forever? Um, first, I just need to say that as, uh, the idea of David Duchovny pursues acting, well, he pursues careers in acting. Um, <laughs> second of all, I do think it is a good thing that he's not a college professor <laughs> because that would be the worst class. Oh, I remember my eighth grade algebra teacher, Mr. Barrow, and he was, we pretty much called him like Mr. Baritone. Like he had like this monotone, like low voice and it was just constantly. Yeah. Oh, what was he, wait, what was he going to teach? What was he going to his PhD? I didn't, is it writing? I didn't go that far. Oh. So mm. in, 2000, in 2007, he decided to leave the Church of Scientology. He estimates to have given them at least a million dollars over the 12-year period. A lot of oh. these courses cost a lot of money to get into. Um, yeah, one of the first... Crazy fucking bullshit. <laughs> one yeah. of the scam. One of the first people he went to see after leaving Scientology was his best friend, David Duchovny. <laughs> um, he's, he writes here, Our relationship was ad adversely affected by... Um, by me being in Scientology, um, he was very cool, but he wasn't into it. I think his wife, I perceived that she didn't like it. Um, and they were right. He was called a one, one SP by, by the church. Uh, so David Duchovny was actually known as a suppressive person. Someone <laughs> believed to be working against the church of Scientology and not to be associated with. Yes. Uh, it affected right points for the company. It affected yeah, our relationship. respect for you, Duchovny. I went over to his house. We were walking around. We talked about it a little bit. He doesn't watch South Park, doesn't know about all this stuff. I explained OT to him. I started to explain to him about Zeno and the loyal officers, a basic story oh. from L. Ron Hubbard's science fiction. Um, I couldn't get a third of the way through the story, and we had our faces on the floor. We were laughing so hard. I mean, you <laughs> couldn't even talk. It was so retarded. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, ever since he's left, he's been an active protester against Scientology. He was also awesome. best man at David Duchovny's wedding to Tia Leone. So best buds. Nice. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> so it's a better story than the Scott Barristow story, I suppose. The happier <laughs> ending. Happier ending. Again, another lesson. Stop believing fucking nonsense, people. <laughs> He's got some videos. He's some videos are of of him being interviewed about, um, you know, what happened to him in Scientology Europe on YouTube. So just if you're interested, just type in like Jason Behe. That's B E G H E in Scientology. You'll probably get something like that. So you're saying stop believing fucking nonsense on a <laughs> podcast about Mulder. 
<laughs> That's my job here. <laughs> we have the Scientology uh, Center, the next town along from me, but they are always on our high street and um, you know trying to recruit people by offering the um, what's it called, Dianetics, the stress tests. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're just the worst. The worst people ever. So, Monster Runway. Uh, we're talking about the Green Bugs, not the Church of Scientology this week. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Can we do the Church of Scientology? <laughs> uh, what are the scary? What's the scariness of uh, the bugs? Uh, I was freaked terrifying. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would I'd say seven. I mean, the only a seven. Were- no. But they're only they're only bugs. I mean, they're, they yes, suck bugs. the life out of you. I don't they think bugs are that scary. Enzymes or whatever. <laughs> oh, really? They swarm you. You don't know it until you're in the dark, and then they eat your enzymes and turn them into oxygen. Yeah, well, they could be worse. Yeah, nine for me. I'm a big insect for your fan, and you know, just the mass numbers of them. I, I mean, it's just terrifying yeah. to me. They're all over you, and you don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's one thing to say that you know it took a guy off his feet and ate him alive, mm-hmm. um, but another thing just to actually realize, like, wait, they're actually already on you. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you wouldn't know it. Ugh. No, you would have to wait until you turn off the lights and they drag you into the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, creativity? They didn't um, actually make any sort of like Charlotte's Web message with their cocoons. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like, get out. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat creative, but absolutely nonsensical in a Chris Carter-like fashion. <laughs> the man doesn't understand research. <laughs> And we love him for it. Yeah, to me, it was nothing that hadn't been done before. Yeah. Um, but uh, how about their sex appeal? <laughs> well, it was a sexy glowing green color. It was like a rave. <laughs> <laughs> a rave in the sky. Yeah, when, when, I think sex, when I think sexy villains, I think vampires, not bugs. <laughs> or like, you know, like prostitutes. Mm. <laughs> Vampire prostitutes, um, or that thing in the woods in the Jersey Devil. How <laughs> <Yeah>. many <laughs> bugs she had? I don't know. Think about it, guys. They 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 turn out the lights. It gets all neon. <laughs> they have like an orgy they're, on you. They're all and they suck at all you. your enzymes. <laughs> they're all over oh. you. Oh yeah, Mulder versus Scully. Oh, I I don't even know this week. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. Mulder screwed up pretty badly in this yeah, episode. Mulder, yeah, Mulder kind of lost us. But then Scully lost it when she was like, oh, the bugs, the bugs. And I was like, but Scully. You can't fault her oh, no, I would be screaming the same thing. <laughs> I did scream the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Joe must take a lamp out of your, your place. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'd say Scully. I'm, I'm, just because Mulder won last week. I'm coming down on Scully just because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's more justifiable the, yes. what she did than Mulder just being like, sure, just go ahead. I won't talk to anybody about it. Also, yeah, I, I agree. I think, Scully didn't, I think Scully didn't really do that much, but she screwed up less than Mulder did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like it always comes down to that, doesn't it? <laughs> Who screwed up worse? 
All right, so um, let's get to our feedback section. Field report time. And let's see. Um, we have our first email is from Des. Who wants to read that? Email? Email. I want to hear Des's voice. Mm. Uh, I'll read it. Okay. Let me just open it. I think she'd prefer it. Yep. Read. What? Go ahead and read it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, this is from Des, Darkness Falls. And see, that is why I avoid nature. All those damn green glowing gnats of doom. Exactly. So this is another one of those episodes that had a moment near the beginning that made me think that Mulder and Scully are sleeping together. I mean, someone had to knock up Scully, right? <laughs> that vest did nothing to camouflage her pregnancy. It just reemphasized how huge her denim tent shirt was. <laughs> and wow, Titus Welliver was young and handsome despite that ridiculous stash. Was that the stash of weed, Des? <laughs> anyway, I'm sending in an email again because I'd rather hear your lovely voices reading this instead of my annoying voice. Oh, my words sound especially good in Claire's English accent. <laughs> Hugs and kisses, Des. Thanks, Des. Oh, Des, you sounded really intelligent this week. <laughs> <laughs> we have a uh, message from uh, Steph. The subject is the one with Titus Welliver. I think she's just retitling these X-Files episodes as Friends episodes. <laughs> Hello, Intro to X. This is Stephanie. I watched Darkness Falls. Is that the name of it? Or the one with Titus Welliver. I thought this was a great episode. If you, Except for the fact that the Monster of the Week is about a swarm of ancient bugs. Um... I thought this, I don't know, it was just really well produced, and I love that Scully doesn't mind getting her hair wet and looking bad, but, um, I, I can't believe, I can't wait to hear what y'all have to say, I, I just can't believe you can pick this apart, because I don't think it was cheesy as uh, cheesy at all, I think it was really well produced, and, uh, the guest stars were, were good actors, and Titus Welliver. Alright, talk to you later. Oh my gosh, I'm talking into the wrong side. Right. Uh, crap. Bye. <laughs> 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 I was say, it sounded a little low, but... <laughs> I would agree. I thought Titus Welliver was really... like I, I, I really enjoyed him in this episode. Yeah. But it, I, I don't know if it's just in comparison to that guy in the first scene, because he was so bad. <laughs> Dire. Again. Fire. Fire people. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. This next one's from Matt and Mel. He writes, there you go. So here it is. <laughs> I hate the X-Files. They killed my dad. They did. Not really, but Steve Humphreys <laughs> was only like one letter off from being my dad. So I was rooting for him. And then X-Files killed him. I didn't know what was going on at the first of this. I was like, what the hell? Those guys seem... And then, oh no, fireflies! Well, they weren't fireflies. <laughs> no, but that's what to, it looked to, like at first. To me, I thought they looked like Atari 2600, like, green dot pixels or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, space invaders. <laughs> and then uh, it, was, it was pretty funny later on when Scully saw that they're all over her hand. <laughs> and apparently they're all over everything. And I just thought it would have been funny at that moment in the cabin 
in their desperate situation if Mulder and Scully chose that moment to, to have their first kiss. <laughs> they just covered in bugs. Covered in bugs, having their first kiss. Ew. <laughs> I personally think that the bugs were the eco terrorists. I think they were carrying around bags of rice and bags of sugar. Because if you, you know, if you can, if you can carry a body up in a tree and cocoon it, mm-hmm. you can probably carry around bags of sugar and rice and it's get true. get your prey that way. It's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Poor Spinny. He was he was innocent. He looked so suspicious though. Well, it's a mustache. It's the it was the the Edgar Allan Poe kind of look. Yeah, he had, like the dark circles under his eyes. <laughs> Did you notice uh, Scully's pronunciation of eco-terrorist? I don't know. I'm not sure if he's, if she did it throughout the entire episode, but at first she was saying echo-terrorist. Echo. echo. What, what, what was up with Steve Humphreys, though? Why? He goes out in the woods. Okay, his car breaks down. Mm. And he knows the bugs are afraid of lights. You could turn on your lights inside your car and mm. that would drive the bugs away, wouldn't it? But no, you had to be stupid and just lock yourself inside a dark car. <laughs> You know they're going to come in. This episode really felt a lot like uh, ice. It was a like, bit, yeah. assemble the team and go to a remote location. Yeah. And, and I kind of wanted to go there when their tire blew and mm. and they were like, let's go on foot. I was like, bring me with you. <laughs> Little was, did I know there was bugs there was a ta- cocooning people. There was Atari bugs everywhere. <laughs> they mostly come out at night, mostly. Yes. Scully, gross. Why did she touch that friggin' dead, desiccated body? She's got Without any in. gloves. Yeah, she's, like, so obsessed with her medical medical profession, quote-unquote, that she's like, oh, must touch desiccated bodies. And no wonder she had bugs all over her. <laughs> yeah. They probably crawled on her as soon as she put her hand on theirs. At least she didn't pretend to be an entomologist. I have the credentials. I'm an entom- entomologist. <laughs> yeah. It was funny when they were being attacked by bugs. I, I always find it funny when people freak out over bugs because they just wave their arm, arms frantically in the air. They're like, ah! You might as well just give up and sit there and yeah, have your juices sucked out. Pretty much. There's no point because you wave your arms around, they're just you're just gonna attract them more. I should talk about the dream I had this oh, yeah. morning. Mel yeah. had Mel had an X Files dream. Yeah, I did. Well, because I had seen the uh, the synopsis of the episode mm-hmm. on Netflix before, I knew the episode would be about bugs. So I dreamt that Mulder and Scully had bought a house mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason, and and there was maggots all over the place, and they didn't know. And so Scully was like, take care of it, Mulder. Vacuum vacuum the house. So I was helping Mulder vacuum maggots. maggots. <laughs> and Mulder's vacuum kept getting clogged with, <laughs> with maggots and dust. Somebody analyzed so that I dream. to keep helping him unclog his vacuum. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. he didn't know how. Oh. He's too stupid. <laughs> okay, so somebody on the podcast, you guys need to analyze Mel's dream. Yeah. All right. So, what would you give this one? I'll give it. I'll give it a seven. Ziploc bag party favors out of ten. Okay, and I will give it. Echo. 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 Terrorists up. <laughs> even though I'm not even sure if this is a good episode, I think it's a good episode. But I kind of liked it just because they were in the woods. They're all so samey. All of these. I know episodes. they're always the same. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Oh wait. Oh, oh the lights just went out. Oh god. Oh no! Atari bugs! (laughs) (laughs) Just wave your arms crazy or you'll go away! (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Wow. (laughs) Um, Do we want to analyze uh, Mel's dream? (laughs) I don't know why she didn't send that in as, like, a fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> a part of the contest. 
obviously that's an inspiration for your fanfic. You, your mind was running through some ideas. And you thought, maybe I'll rip off Chris Carter and put vacuums in it as well. Speaking of the competition, we've had one entry so far, guys. Mm-hmm. So, we need more. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Send your entries in. <laughs> All right. Our next bit of feedback is from John. Who wants to read that? Uh, sure, I can read this. Okay. All right. Episode 20, Darkness Falls. Number one. I remember back when logging slash clear-cutting was the environmentalist case du jour. I think it still is. Like, that's still bad. <laughs> that and the hole in the ozone that was going to have us all wearing 1,000 SPF sunscreen by the year 2000. Yeah, that, those are still problems. Those are still, those are still things. <laughs> I do wear 1,000 SPF uh, sun cream. Have you seen how pale I am? <laughs> like, we have really bad climate change problems now. Have you watched the Weather Channel? <laughs> it's bad. Um, two, between Mulder and Ranger Larry, this episode is just too damn handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Mulder's haircut? He looks like a child. <laughs> Three, no spare tire. Ranger Larry must have must not have been a Boy Scout because there's that whole Boy Scout you know lesson about always carry a spare tire. <laughs> yeah. If I saw that giant creep-ass cocoon, I would have run the other way, not get as close as possible. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta explore. You gotta find out what's in the giant cocoon. Five. No. Hey, it's the man in black. Hashtag lost. Side note. I had the same haircut in 1993 and a lot of bad sweaters. Hashtag ramjack. Hashtag. Six. I'm pretty sure I got the same lesson about tree rings in the first grade. Yes. <laughs> Though Chris Carter did not. <laughs> he just picked this up. Seven. I knew that asshole Humphreys was a dead man the minute he started talking. I know. The feedback is <laughs> terrible. If the Seriously. <laughs> if the X-Files has taught us anything, it's that the skeptic always gets their comeuppance. <laughs> Well, that guy was just a douche, though. I, he wasn't a skeptic. He was the worst. <laughs> Eight. I'm pretty sure that I remember Alex talking about that brain-eating amoeba on Ramjack last summer. Mm. Oh, I don't. I don't. Go back to the archives, folks. Guys, it's this is your chance. Go back and listen to all our old episodes. <laughs> Yay! Party! <laughs> Number nine. The man in black gave Mulder his word. And Mulder gave him the vehicle, the last remaining gas, his credit card, the pin number to his checking account, and $2,000 for the Nigerian prince. Hashtag dipshit. <laughs> Not a bad episode. I give it 7 out of 10 inconveniently placed life-saving light bulbs. Bye for now, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. What if, um, what if this episode turned out to be more like Cocoon 2, and they opened up that cocoon and Brian Dennehy was inside? <laughs> Oh, no, even better, Wilfred Brimley. I was going to say, well, Wilfred Brimley, definitely. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Thank you for letting me out of there. <laughs> Got to take care of my diabetes. <laughs> uh, Michael David sends us some voicemail. His subject line says, hello, are you there? Ack Spriggins. I don't <laughs> what? know what that means, but maybe he'll explain it. 
Hello, intro to X. My feedback for Darkness Falls. The Spriggans attack the X-Files. Um, oh, it was pretty decent, you know. Nice little insect episode. Eco-terrorist. I think we heard that word 47,000 times during the episode. And Mulder, what are you doing letting a suspect go? <laughs> oh, you go. You come back. You take care of us. You, you help us out. I'm sure there won't be any problems. <laughs> you go alone. And the guys at the beginning, let's all just scatter and run in 80 different directions and see what happens. <laughs> How about you stick together and try to get the fuck out of there? Uh, anyway, that was my thoughts on the episode. I, I thought it was decent, though. It wasn't too bad. I'm hyped up for season two, actually, because I, I think that's when uh, we get a little more serialization. Anyway, hopefully Claire was able to hear this. I'm not sure if she was able to hear it or not. But um, all right. Later, guys. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um. Yeah, I could hear it. <laughs> could you? Were you listening, though? Were you listening? I wasn't listening? listening, but I could hear it. Oh. He sends us another message that says, Forgot something for you crazy hep cats. Whoops, sorry. I forgot. Um, can someone please let Mulder know his coat will work better if he actually fucking zips it up while it's pouring rain out? All right. Thanks. <laughs> We'll pass that message along. Yeah, yeah we'll send him a message. <laughs> Should turn that into a bumper for the show. It's a nice little 10 second <laughs> fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking up on Google what a Spriggan is. Yeah, it what is it? It just seems that he's been playing too much Skyrim. <laughs> that's all I'm getting Skyrim links. Uh. Mm. Right, you uh, have to send us that as feedback for next week. What is a spriggan? What the fuck is a spriggan? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's a Wikipedia entry that says they're legendary creatures from fairy lore, but they're not. They don't look like bugs. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Ina, maybe it will be in Michael's fanfic entry. Ooh, maybe it's a teaser. Mm. <laughs> or maybe somebody else should scoop him and write a fanfic about him talking about Spriggans. Yeah, what it actually means. Do it! Remember that time <laughs> podcasters didn't have any idea what the fuck a Spriggan was? <laughs> Michael knew. And then, just at that moment, a magical doorway opened. <laughs> then, it's practically writing itself. And then Mel vacuumed up all the lice, but Boulder's <laughs> vacuum like wasn't working. <laughs> Why? Because of the Spriggans. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tammy, did you want to read Enos? Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Darkness Falls. Hi, intro to X and Guest. I only have a few things to say about this one. One, this seemed a lot like ice, only in the forest with scary bugs. Two, Scully, that jacket is a crime against fashion and humanity. Looks like a mom jacket. <laughs> like a soccer mom jacket. It's not, it's not cute. Three, Titus Welliver, a.k.a. Man in Black. Yay! Four, whatever you do, don't go into the forest. And definitely don't cut down 500-year-old trees and release ancient bugs. Stay inside and watch TV instead. <laughs> I give it a 7 out of 10 human-sized cocoons, Ina. There is no need to be in the forest, people. We have technology. I love the forest. Ugh. 
And our last bit of feedback is from Moira, who says, Nature will kill you! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hi, Intro to X. It's Moira calling. Um, Davis and I just watched Darkness Falls. And um, I don't think I have a Moira's Medical Minute for this one, because, well, we kind of thought the tree biology was pretty accurate. And, well, I guess we figured if a bunch of little tiny vampire-like sap-sucking insects were to land on you and spin you in a cocoon, they probably could remove all the fluids from you, just like a spider does. So, hey, we can go with that. Um, Davis is actually here, but he's not speaking for some reason. Not. <laughs> oh, wait, look, he's speaking now. Supposed to, like, I, I don't know, you were going somewhere with that, and then you just stopped. I just stopped. Um, I was going to say, I, overall, I like this episode. I you know, we were predicting from the outset that um, the uh, representative from the logging company was going to be like a red shirt, and he was a goner for sure. It's obviously going to die. Yeah, we knew that. Davis thought that the forest ranger was going to die, and I thought he was going to live, so I got to be right on that one. But I didn't I didn't want Spinny to die. I love that guy. Spinny's the guy. He, he was um, the man in black from Lost, and he was um, on Deadwood, and I really like that actor. So it was sad when he died. Anyway, in terms of scariness, those bugs, how would you rate ranking, Dave? Uh, they're pretty scary, I guess. Yeah, I think they're kind of like pretty much a 9 out of 10 for me because, well, my take-home message was I guess we shouldn't go camping in the woods in case there are. Yeah, but you don't go camping in the woods, so what do you have to do? <laughs> I used to. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we'll, live, we'll be city dwellers and stay in the light and we'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, they were pretty creepy. Mm, who wins, Mulder or Skelly? Mulder, because he didn't freak out. Except yeah. for, he, like, he was an idiot to give the gas away. Yep. Um, and it pretty much got them all killed, but... And I was trying to figure out, <coughs> excuse me, why he kept, kept uh, um, rubbing his fingers on the slime all over the uh, cabin. We were trying to decide no, what that meant. because it was foreshadowing at the end, right? Yeah. They're they like, oh, by the way, there's just bugs everywhere. Well, it was telling us it was some kind of residue from the bugs. So apparently the bugs... No, I thought, I thought it meant they were everywhere all the time, but they yeah. just they can't hurt you unless they swarm. Yeah, I think that was what it was trying yeah. to say. But still, they don't come indoors all the time. No, they were indoors. That's what the slime was. They were there the They're whole... microscopic. And you can't see them? Mom, that was in the show. You just watched it. But she looked down and saw them <laughs> on her hands. Yeah, because they started reflecting, because they glow like a... Oh, okay. What's in the color? Oh, that is creepy, actually. Anyway, so I, I, I like this one. I would give it, um, I really did. I would give it an eight and a half out of ten freaky green luminescent swarms of creepy bugs. Okay, I'm going to give it a six out of ten because I thought that it kind of kind of didn't, I don't know, it just didn't really develop anything. It was kind of like they started the story with here's these terrifying insects and they ended it with let's all run away. <laughs> And then, uh, and then they're like, oh, we don't know if the government's going to be able to fix this or not at the <coughs> end. Because they always want to end it with like, oh, this is so terrifying. When it's they always want to make it ambiguous. Really not, because the government probably would have just lit the whole forest on fire and killed them. I think so, too. Fire would work. So All right. I, I, I just didn't like that there was no development of mm. like the bad guy here. Okay, I think I just gave it an eight and a half because I like Titus. Which yeah. his name so much. <laughs> anyway. All right. That was what we thought. <clears throat> Happy to hear what you guys think. Keep up the great work. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. I think Moira gave it the highest score there. What was her score? Eight and a half. Wow. Eight and a half. Well, let's see. Perhaps one of us 
scored it higher. Um, let's start with our guest, Bob. What'd you think? I really like this episode. The obvious flaw is kind of like the six billion plot holes we mentioned earlier. <laughs> but I really like Creepy. I was a big Twilight Zone fan when I was a kid, which is a reason I really like the X-Files from the beginning. And um, as I said, Insect Fear is one of my absolute favorites. So uh, I'd give it uh, 8 out of 10 Green Rings of Death. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Is that a green ring like the Green Lantern has? (laughs) It's like the Red Ring of Death on the game console. Only green. (laughs) Green is good unless it contains um, extinct larvae. Yes. (laughs) Or what if Ryan Reynolds made the bugs? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wouldn't put it past him. Brad, what did you think? Um, this episode was bonkers. Like, first of all, uh, well, again, all of the the problems with the refusing to use fire, um, not having communications, like, it was just, like, set up to be wacky. But then that ending happens... (laughs) And Mulder and Scully get put in a cocoon and saved by the... Maybe they were just cloned. I, maybe they did die, and the FBI just cloned new ones. That would be awesome if that pans out. Um, That's my prediction. <laughs> they died. They were in a cocoon. They're dead. It's like they wrote the episode, and they're like, wait, we can't kill them. We need more shows. Um, But, no, the bugs were terrifying, that was so fucking creepy. Um, it was wacky, but I enjoyed it much. I gotta go 9 out of 10. Um, 9 out of 10 bizarre absences of fire. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have now found an episode that was better than Conduit to Brad. No! <laughs> yes. It's 0. 0.5 it was, better. No. Did you see the ending? The ending <laughs> of this episode is just as wacky as anything in Conduit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Tammy? Uh, okay, so I'm with Brad. That ending was amazing. Like, when they left it, that Scully is still knocked out in the hospital, and then it just ended. I was like, what? They're, what happened? What, is this really over? Like, and, and, you know, just them getting attacked, I was even kind of surprised at. So, um, and that's not normal for the show to be able to surprise me in any way shape or form so i was pretty excited about it and the bugs were so disturbing and so gross and i just thought that'll never happen to me because i'm not going into the forest so i am safe uh so i gave it eight out of ten tent shirts tent shirts just so bad (laughs) uh claire um, I didn't like this episode as much as Conduit because Conduit was a masterpiece <laughs> of craziness. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of like bug episodes because I just kind of think, oh, it's, you know, it's just a bug. I'm not really that scared by bugs. Um, if it would have been leeches, I would have been freaked the hell out. Um, or clowns <laughs> running around in swarms or Jeff Goldblum's. But bugs, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but it had some nice bits. It was cool seeing Titus Oliver. Um, it, the ending was surprising, so it wasn't a horrible episode. But yeah, 
Um, so I'll give it seven and a half pixel clouds out there. I just realized that you drew no <laughs> comparison to Pennywise during this episode. I was um, going to bring well, that up. I'm so disappointed. There's still time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the episode's not over. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Pennywise sent to the giant bug at the end. Just saying. So, basically, you're saying it was just so freaking obvious it wasn't even worth mentioning, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think by now our listeners just know and they can see it as well. We point it out. You know, Pennywise is a giant insect from space that no one knows where it came from, and there were insects in this that no one knows where they came from. Therefore, they were all little miniature flying Pennywises. <laughs> Pennywises. Pen- penny- 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 Pennywises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, as if I was to talk to somebody about season one, and, I, and somebody said, "I don't want to watch all the episodes of season one," what? Well, give me a list of episodes, and I'd be like, "Seriously, you just watch the whole episode, watch the whole season?" And they'd be like, "No," I'm like, at, like really adamant, and I'd be like, "Okay, fine." Here's the conspiracy episodes. Watch those. <laughs> watch the ones to keep up with the storyline. Here's a list of the monster of the week episodes, and definitely one of them. Um, would have to be Darkness Falls. It just is uh, one of those ones I I usually would go back to in season one. Rewatching it now, um, however, I was really kind of disturbed at all these similarities to Ice. <laughs> ice sucks. <laughs> I, I, I prefer Ice. Uh, I, I I think it's more. It's uh, it's got some more probable things in it, like the fact that they're really stranded. And that the the fact you, you even said yourself down in the ice cores it might be you know something trapped rather than inside dead wood and and I like the par- the paranoia, yeah, the paranoia in ice like, as well that that, that stepped it, stepped it up as well I mean just the fact do you remember David Duchovny's acting in ice yes <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean you're saying it was better here or more low key. <laughs> Well, it wasn't, I mean, it was that same level plane of me- mediocrity that we're used to. It wasn't treading new ground of bad. So, uh, I, I would probably still say, hey, it, here's my list of Monster of the Week episodes. You definitely should check out Darkness Falls as one of them. Uh, so, I am, well, what is my rating, rating system? Uh, I gave it uh, 7 out of 10 Itsy Bitsy Spiders. <laughs> and uh, that is an episode score of 7.9. So, which, Ooh. funny enough, is equal with ice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. um, and fire, yes? Didn't we mm, score those two the same? Yeah, I believe so. Except fire is the greatest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, um, oh yeah, we should talk about the contest. Just a little reminder plug. Uh, get your fanfic in. If you don't know. We'll... Yeah, we want your fanfic. We've already had one entry. Um, it, it, we haven't properly studied it yet to make sure that it lives up to our uh, masterpiece standards. <laughs> um, however, you know, there's still time. Get it in by the end of March. It doesn't have to be long. It just has to be amazing. That's what she said. Uh, can, I, can I throw out a personal request for fanfiction? Of course. 
Um, can we please get a, a, a something in the style of a of a nineteen fifties beach blanket bingo with <laughs> with Chris Carter <laughs> talking about surfing? <laughs> There you go, guys. If you weren't inspired before, you are now. <laughs> I appreciate puns. Maybe you could work puns into that as well. Exactly. You I'm just picturing Scully as Annette Funicello. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, next time on uh, <laughs> The X-Files, it's going to be interesting to get your predictions here. Uh, Moira will be joining us for the episode called Tombs. <laughs> Spelled T O O M S. What do you guys think that episode's going to be about? I wonder. All right. I, I mean, it's obviously the return of tombs. So, what do you guys hope? Moda tries to make up for his crappy date in the woods <laughs> by taking Scully on a tour of the tombs of Edinburgh. <laughs> and he gets her to try haggis the first time and they have a, a wacky time I love Edinburgh and Haggis that works for me sweet <laughs> me too <laughs> I think that they're gonna think Tombs is on the loose again but in fact there's gonna be that weird crazy ancient old cop the 300 year old who's just it's, he's suffering from dementia and is recreating the crime ooh <laughs> nice so I think Tombs is back, definitely. And he's listened to us. He traveled to the future, <laughs> listened to us, and has decided, you know what? I have been around a long time. I do know things. I could be a millionaire. Just like yes. we said. Why doesn't he have all this money? <laughs> so he, he he's trying to now be a productive member of society, but Mulder is like going to be the bane of his existence and ours walking up yeah (laughs) (laughs) again fanfic possible fanfic contest enter enter uh you got some inspiration there just right across the board this is the last episode of season one that i remember so far i might remember the rest of them but uh and then there's only two episodes in other seasons after this i remember really well so i will soon be a newbie The only one I remembered was Fire. I remember the guy being like the Human Torch. Because it's and the best I, episode ever. And I've seen maybe half of them, but that was the only one I really remembered rewatching it. Like, have you seen the entire series, or just... I've seen about half. When this was on, I was playing bridge professionally about three nights a week, and the nights varied. So my wife watched it religiously, and I watched it whenever I was home. So I got to see maybe about half the episodes. Mm-hmm. So this podcast is a good excuse to watch the ones I've missed. <laughs> awesome. Or to steer clear of them. <laughs> but I won't know until I've watched them. <laughs> uh, Bob, where can we find you on the internet? You have a podcast you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, I'm one of the hosts of the DexterCast, which is the DexterCast.com. We're an intro cast for the series Dexter where Bob is not even a caretaker, but a goldfish. <laughs> and, Wasn't and, there uh, a goldfish called Bob in Earthworm Jim as well? He was one of the supervillains. You're running his plug. I'm that's sorry, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm thinking and, about that. Um, Edit. <laughs> Rachel and I are the veterans on the thing. Thena and Janice are the newbies. And we have guests. Tammy and Robin have been guests. Yep. 
Uh, we're recording with Matt tomorrow night, so we have to be alert to the possibility of a coup. <laughs> and Shit. Watch we just your back. Up, yeah. And we just put up a sign-up sheet for season four on our Facebook page. Yeah, I was going to say, by your latest post, it sounded like you're approaching the end of season three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also do editing for the Hellmouth podcast and Investigating Angel, which are Buffy and Angel podcasts. Mm-hmm. And check out Hellmouth if you want to hear Robin's list of the 10 sexiest men in the Buffyverse. Yeah. Uh, you really won't want to miss that one. I did a lot of research, a lot of Google image searches. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about before we leave? Yes, one thing. (laughs) I actually do have something. Yes. Um, I will be releasing (laughs) or opening up the floodgates for season two (gasps) on um, March 23rd, which is a Saturday. I don't know what time. It'll just happen. You can start emailing that morning. So as if we get an email from you, even before I put put it up in the Facebook group, I will take that into consideration to giving you the episode. And for season two, we are going to limit it to one episode per person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it fair on everyone. Exactly. And we'll still be recording Sundays at three for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> so March 21st, 23rd, 23rd, 23rd. Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, sweet. So just sit in the Facebook group and wait yeah. And you know, if you want to debate JFK theories while you're there, <laughs> feel free. Our our group is awesome. Um, or send an email at twelve oh one a.m. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, don't ask anybody, any of us, about reserving episodes before then. And honestly, me, Brad, and Claire cannot reserve, or Bob actually, since you're here. <laughs> Uh, cannot uh, uh, take your episode request. It's it's all Tammy. Yeah, because they try, but I say no. (laughs) (laughs) Or I just say, well, that's nice that they'd like that. That's nice. I mean, seriously, (laughs) the the swag I've been getting, you know. (laughs) It's nice and everything, but really, I have no power in this. All right, so that's that's good info to know. And uh, until next time, sweet dreams. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else is saying it. <laughs> All of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro to do X. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler. Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line. If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at super secret spoiler at intro to x.com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet, introtox.com. And you can tweet me at twitter.com slash lrobiniero. Also check out Redemption Cast, an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel. You can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash myafire. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tammyyip. You can also find me on I'll Watch that movie.com where I am a newbie going through 
movies from the 80s, 90s, and then we'll see what happens from there. And on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. You guys can catch me on the Ramjack Podcast and also on the Twin Peaks Podcast.